Hello and welcome to YAF Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast headed by me, Antonin Januska, where I discuss each game, each game in the Final Fantasy series, section by section, game by game, episode by episode. And today I'm going to be talking about, let's see, the third mission of Final Fantasy 2. So in the last one, it was the mission to Salamand, where we got to see the northern town uh, in snow, and we got to see Palm and Poft, which are really silly sounding town names and then we got to venture into i guess one of the i guess the first cave the first dungeon of the entire game i think right yeah i think that's right that is astounding it was a pretty good fun challenge and then we fought against the sergeant and then it was time to go back to altair Altair is kind of the mission headquarters. And so our next mission was to sabotage or destroy the Dreadnought out in Bafsk town, which is a really fun thing to say. And I think I'm saying it wrong, but Bafsk, it it sounds like somebody kind of mashed it on a keyboard, you know, pressed a bunch of letters real fast and was like, yeah, that this is going to be a name of a town. And I hope that's not problematic of me to say. Maybe there's like a real Bafsk town that was based on, who knows? I take my jokes back. So once I made it to, so I, I went and walked all the way up to Basque Town, and in Basque Town you get to meet a knight who's another spy, and th- this is kind of a really fun, I don't know, this is kind of like a really fun motif of like meeting these spies and saying the spy word just so you could you know pick it out of the dialogue options and uh, the spy tells you hey there's a staircase you can go into the sewers of Basque and through the sewers you can get into like a small area in the mountains like a valley I guess where the dreadnought was being constructed it's a really quick sewer I don't know level and at the end of it you get to a dark knight who basically says like hey you're late uh, you're too late and then you see Borgen which I, I don't know who Borgen is. The guide mentions Borgen, and I played it. You know, I talked to Borgen, but I don't know who he is. Anyway, so he just says, you know, the the dreadnought is gonna pull away, and you kind of, if you have the GBA version, you see the uh, the small cutscene of the dreadnought being this huge, huge airship that suddenly kind of lifts off into into the air from its metal supports, like when you're you know building one of those, as as you do build airships all the time here yeah <laughs> anyway so the dreadnought takes off and it commences its, its attacks after that you collect a special item called pass which i don't know what that is and then you warp back to the city and then it's you you'll notice that the city was actually overrun with all these knights and now all the knights are gone which is pretty cool it's nice to see kind of the after effect of something that you do in game and you see more of that so i walked all the way back i decided not to use any fast transport fast travel and i walked all the way, all the way back and each time that you encounter you'll see big like holes from the dreadnoughts attack you'll see buildings having broken roofs um this is all gba version i'm guessing the nes version wasn't so nice <laughs> anyway but yeah you you see the these uh, after effects these consequences to the dreadnought taking off then you have to make your way back to altair so i made my way down to altair i talked to the to hilda i keep calling her princess but i guess she is princess you talk to hilda she she is a princess right yeah, Princess Hilda. Okay. You talk to Hilda and Hilda, Hilda basically says like, oh, you know, this devastation, like it was pretty messed up. And then Minwu learns that the king's condition is worsening. You know, he was already sick and um, decides to leave the party so he can tend to the king. And then after you talk to Hilda and the king, they'll both apparently suggest 
uh, that you speak to Sid. In the GBA version, it wasn't as explicit to go see Sid, but it looks like the next mission will be will be the mission to the to the snow cave, I guess. And I'm guessing it involves Sid to some capacity. And I'm going to be starting there soon. So this was a pretty quick mission. I wrote down a bunch of notes for the last episode, but I forgot to write down any notes for this episode. The one thing, the, the few things that I want to mention, one of them is that I'm getting the hang of like creating these artificial classes for my characters. I'm starting to understand that, you know, it, it does have that Morrowind style, you know, the more you use a skill, the better you get at it. And it really makes sense to split up the characters that you do. So there's like this natural natural evolution toward their own affinities, but also toward a certain build, right? So you definitely want to have somebody who's strong in spells so they have always mana. That's great. But you also want to have somebody who can cure and somebody who can do offensive attacks. Right now, Maria, one of my characters, well, I guess... She's in every Final Fantasy 2 playthrough, right? That's a built-in character. So Maria is my spellcaster, and she, I think her fire is at level 4, so it like it's pretty intense, and I'm super happy about it. Her cure is level 1, and I don't often find myself needing to cure, especially with Minwoo on the team, it didn't make sense to rely on curing, or like having to develop that skill on your own, but maybe you'll develop more now. And I have Guy... I believe, let me see, is it Gus or Guy? I made that Guy. Okay, Guy in the GBA version. So Guy is great with the axe, but I gave him one spell. I, I think I mentioned that in the last episode that I needed another spellcaster just to cast fire like a few times <laughs> and help out. And um, that's what I ended up doing with Guy. So he has a little bit of an affinity toward uh, magic. But then you have the top person, what, Firion, I think is his name? Firion. And Firion in my playthrough is all out attack and has a good deal of health and, uh, you know, a good deal of attack and basically no MP. And Guy obviously is a huge tank. He's got a lot of HP. And Maria is super squishy, you know, having like 50, 60 points less HP than Firion, but having more than double his MP. So it's 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 kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see these things emerging. And I wonder how that fourth character is gonna constantly like, you know, there's always gonna be a different fourth character, and it makes me wonder how that's gonna play into how these characters are gonna evolve, right? Because with Min Wu, we could rely on him to cure. And I don't know what other fourth character is gonna come on in the future, but I don't think it's gonna be like a strong white mage, right? It's probably not gonna be somebody who has a really strong cure, right? I'm guessing they're gonna switch it up and it's gonna be more of like a guy type character or Furion type character. I don't think another spellcaster. So we'll see how that goes. I've been enjoying the design of the towns. I said that about Final Fantasy 1. In Final Fantasy 2, the design feels even more elaborate. I mean, it is. It is more elaborate. Towns are bigger. And they kind of opted for this interesting pattern that I saw a lot in Pokemon. And I, I am going to keep referring back to Pokemon because the towns actually look very similar to how Pokemon towns look. Honestly, if you had this like zoomed in version of the world, it would feel a lot like Pokemon this entire game. <laughs> Anyways, so Pokemon, one, one way that they tried to show that you're in a big city was by having like lots of roofs upon roofs and having lots of buildings that had no door available so that you still had all of the important buildings but you didn't have anything extra that they had to create content for. So in the design of Bafsk, and I don't remember this in Final Fantasy 1, but in this game, in Bafsk specifically, majority of the buildings don't have doors. The majority of the buildings are partially covered by another building and they have lots of windows and no doors and it's... 
I don't know. It works. It works. It made the town feel like, oh, hey, this is like a small city right here. Basque. specifically one other thing i wanted to mention is that i I was watching something i don't remember what it was but it it brought up the word dreadnought and that the word dreadnought literally means fear nothing like dread and not like fear nothing and i thought that was so interesting because i hear the word dreadnought so much in fantasy in sci-fi in tv shows of all sorts you know anywhere where there's like military anywhere where there's like a secret project or anything there's always a dreadnought somewhere in there and for some reason i never took the time to figure out what that word even means and (laughs) when i realized it means fear nothing it's like you know being fearless that's an interesting way to look at it i always thought it meant something like powerful but i never looked into the world uh, into the word anyways so this was this was a very quick chapter i'm not sure if i have much more else to say other than i don't know this is just an enjoyable journey so far it feels a lot more complicated than the first game and while it's kind of cool to have this like headquarters that you keep coming back to I hope that in the next mission or two, that's not going to be the case. I I really hope that whatever happens next, we're going to be in a different part of the world. And I don't have to keep running back to Altair because it's it's a little bit frustrating. I really liked in Final Fantasy 1 how you kept progressing through the different towns and then occasionally made your way back or stopped by there just because it was close by and you were on a ship, right? That that's that's how I visited the the origin town so many times is because I was like, all right, I'm I'm going by here already. I just need to stop by the inn or, you know, in just Final Fantasy 1, there were specific reasons why you wanted to go back to certain towns, whether there were spells, just all these different reasons, right? And none of them were, hey, I got to report back to somebody who can give me the, my next mission. And I'm just, I sincerely hope that this is going to be the, the last time we have to go back to Altair. I, I don't, not necessarily a fan of that whole headquarters style gaming, you know, like I even one of my favorite RPGs is Fable. And Fable has like that hometown that you teleport back to, the first one, not the hometown, the academy or whatever. And even that I found a little bit annoying, but I also felt like it was more of like a menu. You know, you'd instantly teleport there from the beginning and pick up the next quest, upgrade your character and go back into go back into it right but in the way that this game works especially with how expensive airships are right you have to traverse half the world that you, or the entire world that you know so far to make it back to a town to talk to the queen about the next thing you need to do so this is the fourth mission that we're doing this way so the mission to finn the first episode we went to the town of finn based on hilda's requests mission to Salamand was the same thing hilda request Bavsk was the same thing. Yui went there for the Dreadnought and it was uh, her request. And then the next mission, it sounds, you know, she's, the guide says, and, and the king and, and the princess do talk about this, that you should go Sid, see Sid because Sid knows how to deal with airships. That's my little rant here. It is an interesting new concept to, I guess, uh, explore that you would have the same area constantly reusable for the plot specifically right i guess that's it for the episode i don't know what else there is to say i mean it's a it is an interesting story you know it's interesting that i mean i guess it's kind of stereotypical as well because you have like the big evil empire of some sort that's building these big evil weapons that are gonna attack the poor innocent villagers so it's as bread and butter jrpg or rpg as you can get i am wondering where the plot will evolve to from here right and if it's if i'm gonna just be keep keep being hit with all these tropes find these 
fantasy specific tropes that possibly partially even emerged from this game you know it's kind of weird to be upset about you know a game following tropes when it might it was probably the game that set those tropes right or a game that came out before the tropes were just overused but i i am kind of feeling i don't know a little bit like an errand errand boy in uh, when it comes to the mission and a little bit like not empowered right i am not making a dent in anything so far so we'll see how that goes. Until next time, this was Yaf. Check out my Twitter. It's uh, Yaf Podcast, at Yaf Podcast. So go check that out and uh, see you next time.